Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. And we're really excited today. We've got a really interesting guest. It's Leon Helsby. Leon is a poet and a podcaster. Um, and uh, yeah, we're really happy to have Leon. He's uh, also an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Um, welcome, Leon, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, so um, we'll get on to your podcast and your poetry and, and all of that. Really interested in that. Um, it's great stuff, so we'll get to that. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself first. Who are you? Where do you come from? And, um, yeah, what brought you to this place? <laughs> so my name's Leon. I'm, I was pretty much born in more or less born and raised as a Jehovah's Witness and re- and then came away from it about 18 months ago and sort of woke up from from the religion and uh, and then just uh, since that point just yeah just trying to fig- trying to figure <laughs> trying to figure out stuff like and that's why this, this podcast is really great because obviously it's like well what do I what do I think about this stuff because I really can kind of um definitely relate to the stuff you say about like well I don't really know anything I don't know what I think about anything because like everything that I've been, I've been told what to think about everything, you know, so mm. slowly trying to figure, figure stuff out. Um, and then, so I've always been a creative person. Um, and then just obviously in the religion, that's just completely kind of stifled. So I feel like I, as a youngster, a young person, like as a child, it's like a real kind of like a big imagination and always wanted to be a writer and stuff. And then, um, obviously as you get, and, and then I just kind of lost my way with it as I got older. And then you come back to it and realise, and actually, this is quite an important part of my identity. So, yeah. getting back into so songwriting for started songwriting first, <clears throat> and still do that. So, play music, and then also um, poetry as well, and then starting the podcast, and, and and going out and doing spoken word things as well, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then also at the moment thinking of writing a memoir so i have like the project like a memoir project is a brand new one so at the moment it's just it's a big old mess you know what i mean it's just it's just ideas <laughs> lots of ideas yeah yeah, yeah. That's great. so so yeah yeah okay that's found, cool um that the creative work was really important in like your process of leaving i think so because it's like because i was fighting again i was fighting you know like you're in a straight jacket basically aren't you you're in a straight jacket in the religion and for years struggling to get out so like I was mm-hmm. trying to do bits and pieces but the it would always stop me because it'd be like I really would like to write this thing and then you'd be like I would love to write this kind of have this idea of this novel and then it'd be like but I can't write any swearing in it mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because like mm-hmm. so immediately it's like a block isn't it? it's like a brick wall yeah. it's like well I can't do it it's like mm-hmm. so you're kind of um so it's 
I feel I feel like so it was just about getting loose of the straight jacket and so I did do a little bit of stuff before I before I left and then when you leave you're like well there's no reason to not do it now and you feel quite free and you can mm. feel like you can explore stuff you can explore subjects that you wouldn't do before even like having a political opinion you know like writing like a political poem and having like a saying something you know so and even maybe you feel like if you feel like dropping a few swear words in i can it's fine <laughs> so like you know so like even just that small thing is like a it, it, it's it, it's freedom it's coming away from it it's just it's it's, it's freedom yeah so yeah very liberating yeah uh, yeah yeah when we were um having a little chat beforehand you, you mentioned that um so, so you you sort of uh your your parents became witnesses when you were around sort of five years old yeah so we were saying that's quite an interesting mm. sort of um, situation it's one that i probably we haven't come across much really when we're talking no, to people yeah. yeah um what what was that like can you remember i mean it's going back um a little bit you're very young still but um five years old obviously our memories are a little bit shaky but can you tell us about that I think because I've because of starting the memoir, it's kind of loosened things a little bit, and also I do I've been quite obsessed with this story for ages, so I feel like I've kind of I've got it quite clear in my mind of what it was like, and I think what was happening was that um, my mum and dad were my mum and dad both raised Catholic, so in their minds they've already had the kind of the the foundations for religions already laid in their brains, you know, so like mm-hmm. um, and then. So sort of two things were happening at the same time. My mum started speaking to witnesses on the on the doors. And my mum's quite my mum was like very kind of just like polite, talk to anyone, you know, just like and probably just happy to just have a bit of a conversation with people knocking around. But always kept them at the door. And some mm-hmm. she kept them at the door. Sometimes she would talk to them and sometimes she'd just like escape out the back door and hide with her neighbours and say, I just I don't talk to witnesses today. You know, so she was she, she, so I think probably if I was like imagining it, was it'll be like they probably asked some questions about the Bible, probably stuff like, uh, "What do you imagine the future's future's going to hold?" You know, for your children and stuff, which was a worry for Mum because she did worry about that kind of thing, as you do when you have kids. So there was that happening, and then there was also my dad who was also searching for for stuff, searching for a religion, and looking, researching lots of different ones, and then. I think came across a book I think that was given to mum and then just kind of devoured it and then he was like I found the truth I found it and then my dad's mum was very gung-ho and my dad's quite a passionate kind of like a strong kind of personality and so he was like we're going to do I found it we're going to do this and he was sort of very you know very enthusiastic about it and this I feel I feel like this thing the religion ticked all the boxes for him because it was like for once, like, well, it's hope for the future for my kids. It's like, and it's like certainty. And it also ticked the box of like, um, my mum and dad are wrong. And I've got like a bit of a seal uh, of approval from God that I'm angry with them and I've got a reason to be angry with them. It ticks it. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like it sort of ticks all the boxes for him, you know, because he was unhappy with his parents and for his upbringing of things. Um, and then, so, and then my dad was like gung ho. My mum's a bit unsure. My, my dad just kind of just wears my mum down and like um my mum said okay we'll we'll, we'll we'll try but we'll move we'll move somewhere and we'll start again somewhere else because the congregation we were going to was quite dull and not many children so mum and dad were kind of thinking of us and thinking well 
let's go somewhere where there's kids. So we moved not too far. We were in a nice little village. And then we moved to just like a town, which is not only about 10 miles away or something, but it was a lot. The, the congregation was massive. So many mm. families. And yeah, so, and, that, and then as I was saying before, that was like a mark in the sand, you know, we went from village life like normal, I don't, you know, and then straight to boom, we were in every meeting, every meeting, no, no, without fail. And then just like a hard life begins really for, not for me, but for, I think definitely for my mum, the hard life began because it was like, because it's such a, it's just like taking another job. It's like such a huge thing to do, isn't it? Tuesday meeting, Thursday meeting, Saturday ministry, Sunday meeting. And, you know, it's just, so yeah, that was the kind of clear bit. And then once we moved, we were in, and then that was like, is it, you know, like when you're a kid, you just trust your parents, don't you? You've got no yeah. control. You're just like, well, yeah. this is what we're doing now. And then, and then, and then, and then we're in it. And you've got a routine, haven't you? You know, as you said, you've got these meetings, you've got this ministry, you've got these mm. activities you're doing, and it just, it just, yeah, yeah it is just normal. Um, also, I know it's not usual practice for witnesses to make people move, but that's definitely a way to get people to stay in, I suppose. <laughs> if you've, you know, you don't know anybody, you know, you're like, well, I've got, oh, you know, I've, we've moved. It's a very big commitment, mm. building yeah, friends yeah. and all of this and building community. You're like, well, we're here now. <laughs> You're right. That Single is. A, swim. <laughs> you're right. That is a massive commitment. That is just you're all in, aren't you? When you've gone, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think because it was just, and I think it was just about my mum didn't want to. My mum had we laid down a few roots there, you know where mm-hmm. we were, and we'd had you a few. Were a certain group of we, people. we had friends. We had mm-hmm. friends, and um, and it was more tough for my older brother because he was like nine, mm-hmm. nine ish, nearly ten. And we moved as a big, sort of more of a bigger thing. Like I was sort of younger and, and then my younger sister was just a baby. So like, I feel like it probably a big thing for him, big change for him, I think. Do do you remember any of the like the changes in terms of? Because um, obviously, at some point, you'd stop celebrating birthdays, you'd stop celebrating Christmas, and all those sorts of things. Do you remember any of that, or were you a bit young? Birthdays, I don't really remember. Uh, I remember our last Christmas. I do remember the last Christmas. You come down. I remember coming downstairs and uh, in the in the living room, presents like all and blankets and stuff like that. It's a nice memory. And I remember. I do remember as well. Like my dad, my mum bought a Christmas tree, and my dad threw it away. <laughs> so my mum bought another one. <laughs> when I bought another. So like, so um, I do remember that last one. But then you just, and then you. So you just don't. I, it's funny because you think you would you would might question it, but we didn't. We, I don't remember asking it. I don't remember thinking about it. But there is that gradual feeling of like a sinking feeling. I think as you're getting older, like a sinking feeling of like I'm different. Like you know, I, I am different, and I know it now. Like you really do. You know, you really do have a real strong feeling that you're different. So that and that's like, yeah. that's a hard thing for for anyone to hold on to and for a kid mm. to carry really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a school and stuff like that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you're sitting outside of things and you're, uh, yeah, you've, you've got a different outlook. Okay. Um, so um, you, you mentioned about creativity. So it sounds like you've always been a very creative, imaginative person. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit more about why you think that's difficult when you're a Jehovah's Witness or, or at least you're not given the the encouragement. Tell us, Tell us what's going on there, do you think? 
I just think it, I, I feel like it's just <clears throat> for one thing they keep they keep people so damn busy like my mum and dad yeah. were so busy that um that they can't even begin to even I mean nurture that do you know what I mean because you just don't you don't really kind of think like because most parents will think well my kid's into something I'll nurture it and I'll ask questions about it and and help it and, and encourage it but my mum and dad were busy and they had lots of kids and they were just busy trying to get on with life and then they had this kind of extra added weight of this new thing that they were in which was like a you know like a 10 ton weight on them and I, mm. so I feel like they're busy so that they're busy and also the the, the organisation doesn't care doesn't care about what you're good at really because it yeah. doesn't care about i only realized this afterwards obviously when you're out sure they don't really care about you they don't care about you the individual like leon or, or steven when you're in it mm. like they, there's no time for you or all the things that you're into and, and i feel like it's because like it's just i don't know there's um because it doesn't matter because the world's ending do you know what i mean it's like it's all ending so you think well it's like well priorities mate we're on the we're on we're on the titanic it's it's, it's heading towards the iceberg no one cares about your poetry <laughs> uh, that's a great an, um uh, analogy isn't it i mean it is it literally is that's the that's the mindset you know yeah. it is analogous to the um that the band playing on the titanic why would you waste your time doing that when this this world is ending this system is ending what why yeah and you just i mean as a, as a kid all you need all anyone needs is a small amount of encouragement. That's really that. Like, I really 100% believe that. And like, all you need is a small, a tiniest, tiniest person to, to care about the thing that you care about. And then you, and then you realize that, Oh, it's worth caring about because if no one cares about you, the thing that you care about, you think, well, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's not important. I think that that's, um, that's a really good point. Yeah. Your, your condition to see these things uh, as of, very little if not no value yeah at all so they are worthless really <laughs> yeah. um yeah and i which, feel rich and it's such and that's such a damaging thing because as you get older and you realize that identity is so important like your your identity what are the things that make me me and sometimes those are external things like if i'm a dad or i'm a husband or i'm, I'm, a, I'm a, whatever what i do for a job or i'm a podcaster so they're almost they're saying that a part of you is meaningless it's mm. worthless we don't care we don't care about that so that that and then obviously that in itself is like why you grow up with i mean i i had no confidence i no, i didn't i had no confidence at all i had none mm. zero mm. i didn't believe i could do anything ever you know mm. like, and that's like and that, i feel like that's and i don't know where that i don't know where that come i don't know where that comes from i mean kids can be like that anyway but i do think that i yeah i i no confidence none mm. so whenever so whenever you'd get a small amount of something you didn't believe it like there would be some things that like i'd write this story at school and the teacher said uh oh this this could be this could be a you should ring the bbc this could be a show you know it's just a nice bit of thing for a teacher to say mm. you know mm. and i kind of was like you know it made me feel good but i almost thought i would maybe she's probably just joking or she's just like messing around or something you know like, like you don't you don't so when you get when someone tries to encourage you uh the conditioning kicks in and tells mm. you it, it's, it's meaningless. And then also mm. you question the moat to kind of the organization makes you question the motives of people who are not witnesses. Mm. So it's like you're, you're, mm. you're in a, you're in a, you're sort of screwed really because 
Yeah, <laughs> suspicion. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I don't know whether you. I don't want to put um, words into your into your mouth, really. Um, so you might not have felt this way, but I know when we spoke to one of our previous guests and a friend of mine, actually John Elson, who's a caricaturist, um, he he was saying that he he always felt that being good at something like that was kind of there was a there was a risk in a way that you'd get to think a little bit too much of yourself you know yeah. i don't know if you think that there was a bit of that going on as well oh man that is a hundred percent hundred percent because the worst thing in the world is you you know in the witnesses you could ever be is confident self-confident <laughs> yes. that's the worst thing you could ever be and i thought well and as you get older you think I mean, how how does anyone get anything done if they're not confident in themselves? It's like you, know, so, and I feel like that's a really hard. That's the another way that they they mess with your mind is like, yeah. if you're good at something, don't be self conf. It's don't be self confident because then you could uh, start to, I don't know, get puffed up in yourself or whatever. You know? yeah. Be like the scribes yeah. and the Pharisees or some rubbish like that. <laughs> yes. And it's like anything that you're good at, you give credit to Jehovah for, and you think. I mean, it's funny, really, when when you realise is that anything good that you're good at, he gets credit for. Yeah. Any mistake that you make, that's your fault. That's so it's like you're 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 in a you're trapped. Basically, everywhere you look, you're trapped. And so you're in that, and it's it's a and the, the the hardest thing about these traps is that um, this maze is that's the maze of indoctrination in your mind as well. So like you're you're kind of like they are it's 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 they're laying down that in your brain so it's like uh, yeah. so even when yeah. you're even when you're not there you're thinking it so it's an internal um prison yeah um there's a scripture that i'm going to misquote because i can't remember it exactly but i'll paraphrase it there's somewhere I, I need to look it up but there's a i remember it being told to me over and over again not to think too much or not to think more of yourself than, than it is necessary to, to think. think yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember that that's and so that sad. It is sad, yeah. But how much is that? You know, I don't, I don't know how much that is. What is necessary? How much is necessary for me to as think about myself? Little as humanly possible. <laughs> I just, but the thing is, they just mangle stuff, don't they? Because there's bits yeah. in it that are probably. I mean, it's probably true that it's not good to be completely ego, egotistical, and ego-driven about stuff. Mm. Obviously, everybody knows that. But they, that's the thing is, they take everything at such face value and just like, and instead of just like that thing of bad association, spoil useful habits. That's true. Yeah. It is true. Mm. But who decides mm. what bad is? <laughs> and for them, it's like anyone, <laughs> anyone who's not, non, a, not a witness, and then also anyone who is a witness and they're not quite good enough. That's so right. you're basically, again, you're screwed. <laughs> so it, I think there's that very literal way of, it's just complete and utter black and white all the time. Yeah. And so when I mean, it makes it hard to, uh, makes it hard to, to be just like a normal human being when when you've got that in your brain and when you've been told that all the time, you know? That's why when you're in it, life seems so easy in a sense in that you just, it is black and white. There is answers and there is truths and there is falses and, you know, it's that. But that's when you start questioning. Everything does sort of spin wildly because you're just like, oh no, there's so much (laughs) grey. Yeah. I do, there is something irresistible about the certainty. It, there's, it's, it's irresistible and I think that's something that maybe perhaps people don't understand or forget yeah. is that mm. there is because people wouldn't be in it if they didn't get something out of being in it and it's, mm. there's something about the certainty and the comfort 
of yeah. of the answers you know and like and, and i feel like i mean everyone's probably got that when they leave it's like mm. oh my god i've got so much to worry about now because before mm. never would worry about the environment nothing like that because i thought well the yeah. bible says the earth will last forever right. or whatever and like so um and now you think oh man jesus this is all that plastic yeah what made you start to question it all then how did you end up leaving what um how much can you tell us about that so it's like such a long process so yeah. many tiny little moments that yeah. add up you know over time and that goes back to years you know like even like even when you just sort of like you, you there was bits where i was like well I don't really believe in that. I don't agree with that. You know, you sort of yeah. tick that off because there, when there was yeah. bits like, because one of the things was one of the sort of main first ones was that I was, um, lots of Joe's witnesses don't work with anyone. Do they to just do window cleaning or the cleaners mm. and they work on their own and they're quite mm. isolated. But I always worked with people. So I worked with families at the time, families who have children with disabilities really. And, and yeah. like, that was my job. So, and then you would go to the meeting and people would be talking about people in the uh, people in the world mm. and they're like, oh, they just they won't they just refuse to see. They refuse to see what Jehovah says, it's obvious, mm. and they're just having a great time in the world. And I'm like and I thought that is just so completely mm. untrue. I'm, 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 I spend time with people who have very, very hard lives. Mm. And how would their life be improved by being witnesses? It would actually be worse. Mm. It would be much harder. And so you think that's just, that's not true. So I basically just think, well, I don't agree with that. Cross it off. Right. And then I stopped using terms like worldly. Cause I don't, I thought I'm not using that. Cross it off because I was learning about othering, othering language, you know, right. like which is, cause I was, because I'm, cause I always read lots about stuff, you know, like, um, and was interested in reading about things. And so othering, like, you know, think, well, that's an othering word, isn't it? It's like, well, you're basically, mm making them subhuman by calling the worldly. So I stopped that. And then you just start to tick them off. And you think, well, actually, I don't, I have no, absolutely no problem with anyone from the LGBTQ plus community at all. You know, not at all. Um, I don't have a problem with, oh, I mean, who could have a problem with people living together before they're married? No one, no one has a problem with that, do they? Uh, so <laughs> tick it off. And so there's just lots and lots of doubts. And then, and then, and even like, I don't think I, I never, ever agreed with Armageddon ever, ever. I never agreed mm. with that. I just thought, and I don't know. I don't think, any, I don't think any of them, a lot of people do. I think, I don't think people do. I think people put it out of their mind because it's such a difficult thing to think about. The different, the difference with me is that because I got an imagination, I do think about it. I would think yeah. about it. So I think what would it actually be like if this happened, mm. if this mm. actually happened and you think, well, it, it, and then the way they paint it is like, well, apparently they're like, well, we'll be singing songs to Jehovah when it's all finished. I was like, there will be dead bodies everywhere, strewn yeah. everywhere. And they will be your neighbours, neighbours, the postman, family. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how can that, how can you ever, how, everyone will have PTSD. And this is supposed to be like a good thing. So I guess, so I'm, a, I'm an Armageddon, I never agreed with. And then, so it's just, you start to t tick off the doubts and then, um, and then I had a break from it for a while and I just stopped going. Mm. This was around 2016. And that, but I was probably in that space of thinking, I just don't want to do this in my life. And I was at that pit, that point of saying, this is probably the truth, but I just don't want to do it. You know, like people, mm. people say, and I feel like, um, 
and I think that witnesses really love it when people say that. They love it because they think that because then it doesn't doesn't uh, disrupt their thinking, and also yeah, and also it. <laughs> I'm taking it all on myself. I'm saying I'm weak, and then they're saying, "Yeah, yeah you're just weak." Oh, yeah. it's okay, you're just weak. I think that's a really interesting observation, Leon. Um, that is a trope that you hear a lot. You know, I remember I'd hear people say, oh, yeah, you know, what's happened to such and such? Well, you know, they know it's the truth. (laughs) And, yeah, you're right. It was, um, and I think (laughs) you talk in your poems a bit about performative behaviour and um, and that, I think that is a very performative thing. You know, you bump into somebody in the street who's not a witness anymore and in a way to to smooth over any um, uh, discomfort in that conversation I think almost there's a game that's going on there yeah. where the, the person goes well yeah I know it's the truth <laughs> but you know. uh, and I would always question that because I would think if you really do think it is the truth then yeah like you were saying about Armageddon then you think that that's what's you know in future for you so I always doubted that trope but yeah you're right it is a it is a very very common way of it's talking. just it's, re- it's a really you get to kind of it's it's a very kind of like you get to, gets to everyone goes away happy when people say that. Do you know what I mean? It's like yes, that's right. Because because it's yeah, so. because like my mum like if I said that to my mum and dad, mm. they'd be like, "We'll go away happy and there's no problem." If I say, "All right, no, I just don't believe in this anymore," yeah. it'd be like that. Then it gets awkward because then you're like, and it, and it gives them a, a slither of of hope to think that you'll come back yeah. at some point. You know? yeah. He knows it's the truth, really. <laughs> it's just um, and you know, he's just on a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a break but then also then it sort of feeds into another kind of a narrative that's that isn't dog isn't part of dogma or doctrine but the thing that people say that well jehovah can read hearts and actually yes. so i'm gonna all read hearts when actually that's nowhere this is nothing about reading hearts yeah that's, so it's um, like it fits in with this yeah. thing of like well it will be okay yeah. in the end when really like and I think that's just the cognitive dissonance of like i just Absolutely. couldn't couldn't ever think about the thought of someone dying it's like well you know, it's it's just that it is cognitive dissonance completely. Yeah, and I think so. I had the time away, and then I was quite sure I didn't want to do it anymore. So I've got I've got I've got two kids, and um, and my daughter, and my oldest daughter at the time, said, "Can you come to the memorial with us?" Okay. And I didn't want, and I didn't want. I, I would never have gone, but she wanted me to go, so I went. You know. So I went with her and then the assembly was coming up. So, and then I kind of didn't want my wife to take the kids and do that on her own. You know, I was just trying to help. Sure. So I thought I'll go and help. Yeah. And because I was, st- because I I was still kind of, I would they call it physically out, mentally in, whatever they call it. Sure. Um, I went back and you kind of, it's quite nice in a way. Cause you think this is familiar. It's just I a familiar. I'm really excited to see you. And you, you get back. a bit of that. And it's just, there's so many memories of like assemblies and stuff. And I know they're boring as anything, like the boring things, but even just like being, we used to go to Norwich mm. for the assembly and like, even just like walking through and hearing the echoed voice and that there's something, mm. there's something mm. just nice and familiar about it. I mean, even though it was, <laughs> and then when you get and sit on those terrible seats for like three days, those pile inducing <laughs> seats, but like, so there was something, um, so there's something familiar about it. And then you kind of think, oh, well, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should give this another go. And so then I started coming back and then I had a study with a guy, really nice guy, actually, really nice, really nice, really nice elder. And I thought if I'd met him when I was younger, you know, maybe it would have been all right. But 
you're kind of like you're you're much like your body's rejecting it before your mind is almost because I would go to meetings and I would like I would like um, feel it feel ill feel sick feel sick as I like, I'll come out feeling sick and because I, I just couldn't and I thought because I, I just couldn't listen to it anymore I didn't want to listen to it but I was kind of fighting with it and then the big things that happened obviously the big the big changes is just the pandemic that that's mm. massive in because you stop going yeah and i think i would always get something out of like you know being with people because there's always at least one person you could talk to and it'll be all right you know like mm. there's something it would always, you, you might not even listen to the meeting but there'll be somebody mm. so then that stops and then you're you're at home and then the two key things that happened is that my youngest daughter said she didn't want to do it anymore and she said she was upset and she wrote me a letter and she was crying and she was, I don't want to do it anymore. So it was very, that was hard. And then also I watched this uh, documentary called The Vow, which was about uh, cults, uh, this really crazy cult, uh, uh, Keith Ranieri's one, yes. Nixium, Nixium yeah. which is fascinating. And I think mm. because, because it was just about cults, high control groups, not anything to do with witnesses, I had that distance and That's I could just look at it and I'm like, mm. and then it was like, that was the final penny. Mm. Just seeing like, you know, like the bit in that, um, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, yeah, yeah. but like yeah. the bit where they've got the sashes, like, oh, they go up and they get the sash yes. and then they get the, if they do so many hours, they get called proctor, then they get senior proctor. And I was just like, what? I was just like my head is exploding. Do you know what I mean? I was like, this is this, this is just exactly the same. This is this, this yeah. is no different. This is and I just and then and the fact that they when people leave they are shunned and they're called they're called apostates or I don't think they call them apostates. I think they call suppressive people or something like that. Yeah, I think they use the Scientology um, language there, don't they? Suppressives. Yeah. The fact mm. and that and the, and I just thought and the, also another thing was that the fact that some people did well in it, like seemed to kind of climb the ranks. So then you think. So that's a part of it as well. It's like, well, actually, some people seem to do quite okay in this structure, mm. you know. And then I, and then my head, and I, and that that was it. And then so it was from there. It was, um, uh, I think I binged a lot of uh, one one particular YouTuber, um, and then I um, went on JW Facts, and I just mm. binged JW Facts. I was up all night, I think, watching it, looking at it on my phone, mm. and within a week, that's it done. I knew it was wow. that was it. It was, I was like, wow, this, but then I, when I had to tell my wife, I was like, it's funny because you feel so ashamed. You feel so ashamed and so guilty of doing it. So it's actually very, very, I couldn't, I couldn't even look at her. I couldn't even look at her because I was so, so, so ashamed because you're, because you're so indoctrinated to believe that this is how you're a good person this is how you're a good dad this is what you're supposed to be doing you're the head of the house blah 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 and all this is coming out and and so it was so managed to get through that turmoil that time mm. and then me so then me and my younger daughter stopped and then um sort of my wife kind of carried on for a bit but um and then so that and then yeah and that was about that was november when 2020 yeah. so then yeah so that so since then it's just been a real since waking up it's not the end <laughs> it's no, not like oh it's done not. now it's like it's like a you there's definitely highs and lows and then you have to deal with kind of a lot of anger about stuff and then you have to deal with that and 
you know so yeah yeah so that's that's how it happened wow that's really that's really powerful actually yeah i recognize a lot in that um you're you're going back um kind of in 2016 i remember when i left there was i used to have this recurring and i've had it for years i've not had it for a while actually but i've had this recurring dream where i'm still i decide to go back to the meetings and do like a minimum amount Uh, so i don't go on the ministry i don't i might go on calls that just have magazines but i'm not going to try and convert anybody i'm not going to give talks but i'll just go to the meetings and you know just so it becomes a community and i have this dream that that's what i'm doing i've decided that that's what i'm going to do um and i would have it kind of every couple of months and I'll tell my wife about it and she'd say, you know, you've got some, you've got some un, unfinished business there, you know, you need to kind of, um, which I think is part of this podcast in a way, but um, yeah, I, I recognize that it feels like a slightly uncomfortable, but, um, but an old shoe, you know, that you've had for years and you put it on and it, it it's, it's, it, it, you recognize it. It's, yeah. um, it's it's a part of you, so yeah, I do recognise that. That's yeah, that's really interesting. I think as well is that the thing you realise is that there is also it's okay to sort of miss maybe bits like so like even mm. like and that, that's another thing perhaps people don't like or don't like to admit because it's too grey. Like but like mm-hmm. but there is you know like it's definitely you know there's definitely it wasn't you know I mean I don't. It wasn't all bad, you know. What I mean, it's like there was definitely yeah. bits where it was okay, you know. Like, and I, so that, and there's, and there's people, you know, there's there's all sorts of different types of people in the hall and there's in the congregation. There are bad people who use who use the who have basically found a way to um, use their kind of malevolence <laughs> in a way in an acceptable way because of the structure of the congregation. But then there's also good people who are actually. Yeah. Who are who are who are who are good and, and, and nice. Mm. And I, I do think as well. I never really had any encouragement and ever. So like if all and all it would have took. They, I mean, they were really honest. They're really bad at keeping me in there because all because <laughs> it because it wouldn't have taken much. All it would have yeah. taken not not when that not a couple of years ago because I think that the ship had sailed, sailed by that mm. point. When I was younger, it's like there was nothing wrong with me. You know, mm. I think that's the thing. One thing, interesting thing is, you know, they talk about love bombing. It's like I never, mm. I don't know what that is. You know, it's because you, when you grow up in it, he's like, I, I've no idea. Safe, yeah. I don't, I've no idea what love bombing is. It's like that, that's for <laughs> new people that come along, isn't it? That's, you know, new customers. That is. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Leo, let's let's talk about your um, your poetry because um, you've got a podcast called yeah. uh, a "Hug from the Moon." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's called "A Hug from the Moon," yeah. um, and. Um, uh, tell us a bit about your your thinking behind the the podcast and and why you did it and why you love poetry so much. So I just kind of um, stumbled into writing poetry around kind of twenty sixteen, and then just sort of came to it by accident. Really, just sort of writing this stuff, and I thought, oh, this sounds, you know, this doesn't seem like a song. This seems different, and then just kind of I didn't really know much about spoken word, so I got into a few people like K Tempest and a few others. And then I've just kind of performed it every now and then over the years. And then I just wanted to set up a project like that was easy to do. Like uh, kind of like, you know, the podcast is like, I want to, it's, it's that constant battle of like, 
that we talked about before of like of my battle is always this is meaningless throw it away doesn't mean anything so that's always the battle in my mind so like i'm always and so i thought the podcast let's start that let's stick to it because i have real problem mm-hmm. sticking to things it's like this just i thought let's just make it simple i'll do like i'll do i'll do a couple of poems i'll do a song i'll have a feature poet of the week who comes in who performs so then it's not just about me do you know what I mean? I was like, at least I'm kind of this <laughs> trying to sort of think. Oh, it's about other people as well. So like, um, and then I'm not thinking too much of myself. Um, and then uh, so I've just set it up, and then I've had people kind of join, and and like it's been it's been a nice thing to do actually. It's been like um, it's I feel like it's kind of made me appreciate the the kind of the the art form a bit more. I've done a couple of inter- interviews with some featured poets and that's blown me away because it's been kind of encouraging to just kind of listen to other people who are so passionate about writing. <clears throat> and, um, and I'm really, I think I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying, yeah, I'm enjoying doing it really. It's been, it's been, people have been sort of quite nice about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, um, and I, yeah, it's just nice to have a project and think, well, I'm doing it. I'm, you know, and, and at least, you know, if, the, the the thing is, is to not think about oh worry about listeners and just think well I'll just mm. put it out there I'll put it out there and I'll see what happens and just and just think it's that's that's the most important thing that's what I can con- con- control yeah, yeah absolutely I want to talk to you about uh, one in particular but I'll, I'll come back to that so um so you're you're um you're, you're doing you're doing your podcast and you also do some performing um of poetry as well yeah uh, I do whenever I can yeah I did one last yeah. Saturday last weekend and just kind of do it I'm still figuring out how to do it really like I've done the thing before when you memorize poems and you perform it and I had this idea of doing it like a show sometimes that can really slow it down though memorizing and I then I get worried that I'm going to forget, and that so that makes makes me feel quite anxious now. Even though I've done it yeah. a few times, but the last few times I've just done it with a book and it's been fine. So I'm just sure. I'm just trying to do it as much as I as much as I can. There's a I'm, I've made some friends locally who are into the poetry, and we've got this idea of setting up a, an, an evening, but that's not happened yet. Is it um, is it something that you'd ex- like explored before? Is it just like yeah, you said you more did music and then it just you fell into this? It felt like the right format, the right kind of medium. It, I think it's just about falling into it because I'm. I always had the idea of right writing like a. Really, I would love to write. You know, when I was younger, I was obsessed with music, and also obsessed with movies. Those are my mm-hmm. things I was obsessed with, <clears throat> and so. But but like you know scripts novels and stuff they take they take time don't they so like I feel like poems are just they just suit me because I can just sit down and just think well I'll just have a moment of like twenty minutes and I write something quick mm-hmm. and then it suits family life because I've obviously got work I'm busy with work and and then I've got kids and life and stuff <laughs> so it just suits me to do it and you think oh so I just fell into it really and quite mm-hmm. enjoyed. I'm quite quite enjoyed it and and yeah I feel like it's sort of an extension of the music in a way because it's just I do like to kind of write I try to write rhyming poems that have a kind of rhythm sure. to them so yeah. I just it's just enjoy it and it's just nice to be at a point of like I care about this I care about it and like and I'm I'm giving it I'm giving it the the importance that it needs you know 
so like and then like and even if yeah even if no one else does i care about this thing you know like so yeah, and that's yeah. the that's the battle what's the power of poetry do you think because i've got some theories about it myself but I, i'm interested in in your in, in a you know a poet's um eye view of it really what's the power why, why is it so powerful i think it, so it depends if it's just written down it's interesting because it's like um if you're just reading a poem there's like um there's enough in it there's enough in it for you to interpret, I suppose. If it's ambiguous enough, mm. then you can then you can start to put your own slant on it. Um, watching someone, <clears throat> watching someone perform, is almost like the most purest form of creativity because it's raw. There's nothing else. It's like strip it all back. It's not like going to see a band and like sitting there chatting with your friends and just tapping your foot to the beat. You know, mm. you can't do that. You just so it's like there's something about the performance marrying with the words. I don't know, and it's like the electricity. Whenever it was some, there's something electric about it, I suppose. When it's, I remember Kate Tempest, but one of her ones were um, one of their ones. Um, I can't remember what it was called now, but it's so powerful. She's like a preacher. She's not called she anymore. She's, they, they are like a preacher, like the way that they. They, they performed it and it was just so intense. I think there's an intensity that almost like makes it almost uncomfortable in some ways. Mm. But like, so um, it's, I don't think it's an easy, it's not an easy, the easiest art form, I don't think. But mm. I think that's the, that's the thing which makes it special, I think. I think, yeah. But mm. then I also really like Lem Sisse's, he writes poems that are just so short and mm-hmm. And they just seem to paint a picture with just the most minimal amount of words, which I think, I don't know, I don't know if he does that because I, my ones are too long, <laughs> just, just like a massive screed. But yeah, so that was a really long rambling answer. So I no, that's fine. I think, <laughs> yeah, because like, um, I, I write as well, but not poetry. I'm a bit afraid of poetry because it's, right. um, it, it's really difficult. <laughs> um, I think there's not really anywhere to hide in yeah. poetry. It's very, um, what do you write? Um, so I, uh, one of my modules at uni was creative writing. So I write um, <laughs> scripts or stories. I generally write more prose, but um, there's a lot more space and um, time, I guess, to be sprawling um, mm. in, in the words. Um, yeah, I think yeah, there's a there's a yeah with poetry, it's very yeah, you do feel like you're tapping into a person very privately. Um, yeah it's it's very like it does feel like artist rendition of inner thoughts if you know what i mean yeah i think it and also i read one today from someone who just sent me one it was just very jarring but i, I like that because mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. this is very surreal and weird but i like yeah. it it's like this is making yeah. me feel this is almost like but then maybe so it's it can be it can be messy like mm-hmm. it can be quite a messy composition it's all right not necessarily you know like with like prose or with like Mm-hmm. writing stuff it's maybe that it has to be quite um tidy there's certain, yeah there's it's all about cutting the bag and there's a lot of rules in order to make it yeah good, so to speak whereas i, I don't like well, rules no <laughs> no there's a lot of um, that, the, that you're a bit more free of that but then that does mean that um almost is not a thing to follow in order to 
yeah. kind of set up so you have an idea and it's like okay well there will be an inciting incident and then mm. I need to yeah. resolve things by the end in order to have it be interesting and we've gone on this journey the character's yeah. development is this whereas um there isn't necessarily a um like a checklist no. um with, with poetry so you're kind of like I feel it's a bit like being adrift <laughs> with my, my, my daughter was actually she was doing um she's doing poetry at the moment in school and she was okay. telling me about this um uh mnemonic to like look at a, look at to 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 analyze a poem i think it was smile maybe like mm-hmm. uh uh and i can't remember the first one so mm-hmm. like and, and she said and i said oh you should i said do you want to do it with one of mine so i gave her one of mine and she did it and i was like it was quite nice really and like yeah. she she says like she can look at it and say what you're doing here is this and i'm like mm-hmm. but i don't know that because i but then it's nice that it fits <laughs> fits with like a model of how to do it. She's like, and so, yeah. so, um, yeah, I, I get, I'm not really, I don't really like kind of rules obviously because like growing up, how I grown up, grew up, mm. I hate anything that makes me feel constricted. So mm. even when I learn about how to do things, I'm like, nah, I'll just do it my way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's an interesting point. Cool. So I was listening to, um, is it Armistice? Um, the poem's called um, Amnesty. Uh, Amnesty. That's it. Amnesty. Yeah. Um, that was on your episode eleven. On your yeah. On the, in the, on the soup. Podcast. In the soup. That's yeah. it. That was very, um, very anxiety-provoking um, episode. You seem worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying afterwards, but yeah. So um, it, you you dipped your toe into the uh, yeah. into the culture wars um, <laughs> question. So, um, but I thought it was really interesting the way you talked about it. I mean, obviously um, people should listen to your, to your poems. So they should um, subscribe to your podcast and uh, uh, listen to obviously all of them, but particularly I, I really enjoyed episode 11 with, uh, with that poem. Yeah. Um, Why? I don't know. Obviously I don't, we don't necessarily need you to pick the whole poem apart, but what, what was the, thinking behind that because it's something that i think we are very conscious of as well when we're talking about ideas and and debates and disagreement and all of that i think it was about um uh sort of um inspired by twitter you know like looking yeah. on twitter and just seeing but basically um everyone arguing and i was just like arguing online and i just sort of said imagine what would happen i thought my idea is i'm not saying like let's just have an amnesty. Please can we just switch off all social media for a week and just stop arguing and see what happens. You know what I mean? Cause, cause, and then, and, and just for a week. And, um, and so I kind of like, it was just starts off. I think the poem starts off from like saying, is anyone else sick, sick to the back and the front and the false teeth of politics or like, you know, the festering swamp bubbling underneath or something like that. And like, um, and I, I feel like I like the poem actually. I really because mm. it kind of like says uh, something like it, it says it criticizes both right and left. Like it yes. says like oh um, something like um, who's right? Like oh, it depends which tribe you aspire to be or something like that. The right blame on the left, and the left do likewise because you basically see like the right blame the left for the things that the left do and the left blame right it's just yeah. and it's just complete arguing and and, and so i guess that 
and then the, the re- and the, and then the things I said was like, can we agree? I did a can we agree bit, and then I just sure. kind of listed. I tried to list everything people argue about, hmm. basically, and basically, and and real, and actually, what you see if you look at them is that they don't all go together. Like they don't fit together. Like some sure. things, there are competing needs of everyone. Not everything knits together, and and the only way to solve that is to have a dialogue, not to argue. So, and I, I quite, the reason why I'm so anxious about the poem that is performing it is because I think it's just because of having a political opinion, you know, like you mm. grew up not having one. And so to kind of now you know your colours to the mast and so this is what I think. It was almost like it's, it feels quite weird. It feels quite mm. odd. Mm. But um, mm. I, don't, I, do like, I do like the poem. I'm quite proud of it, actually. I'm proud of how it, how it came out. And I was mm. very careful about it. Like I looked back over and I was like, each of these lines, if anyone ever asked me, what's this mean? How can you say this? I, I had an answer for it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it's interesting what you're saying about not being able to have a political opinion before, because I feel like, you know, politics spans in so many things, and of course, yeah. witnesses have political opinions. You just, like you said, you don't, you don't point them out and say what you're thinking. Mm. So it's like, that that's the, the new territory, I guess, isn't it? Is, um, is admitting, yes, I do have opinions on these things. You know, I, I do feel about these politics, you know, and, and putting that out there, that's always going to be scary, even if you've not been, you know, warned against it before. Yeah. And there's also it's now because you kind of, there's the added fear of like, um, of like, oh, I'm going to be cancelled for saying this, that kind of thing. You know? So I feel like I feel like uh, social media is like it's like a it's like they invented something for anxious people that's going to like really almost kill them off. It's like one yeah, day yeah. you'll say something because that's the anxious yeah. thought. One day you'll say something, you'll do something, or people will figure you out, and that's it. You're out of here. And it they, we actually invented it. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. Yeah, I we enjoyed know, I, my break as discussed. I yeah, that's right. Celine decided to have a have her own um amnesty didn't you, you, Did you? basically yeah I, just off it off. It was great. yeah I was visiting my partner and I just turned it off for a week and it was great <laughs> like I checked, uh, turned it on once a day just to check like my actual messages see if anyone actually needed me it was generally fine just turned it off again done live life yeah. it was yeah. it was nice it was refreshing it's funny when you, funny when you see these things like online where it says like well-being stuff. It's like, are you, you know, are you sleeping? Not are you not sleeping well? And then they're like, well, we've got an app for this. I was like, I don't need an app. <laughs> Turn off the phone and just go for a walk. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I use Twitter quite a lot because I, it's the way that I have um, tried to get the podcast known. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you true. know, that's what I've used it for. But um, use yeah, it I've. I, I've learned yeah I, I feel like I've learned how I need to use it I, I don't you know I don't criticize anybody for using it how they want to but I know what is good or what is bad for my mental health and so I, I will never argue on Twitter I will never engage in an argument yeah. Um, and sometimes it's really tempting because you, you know, you have an opinion, and that you make this point in your podcast. I can't remember whether you, it's when you're talking about it or it's actually in the poem. But you know, it's not, it's not that we don't have an opinion just because you don't put it out there on Twitter. You still have these opinions. You still have these thoughts. But um, my view is that for me, 
that that medium is not is not appropriate for me to be able to engage with these questions no. that's why in a way we do we do engage with the questions on on the podcast um but we don't i don't on twitter because it's just it's just not it's just not a forum that i personally feel comfortable using in that way um and that it's, seems yeah. to have worked but i think that's right there's a there's a big there's a big sort of xjw community on twitter isn't there that's right. sort of like yeah. you, i think more often than like i think that's what one one of my things of waking up is i did a i had a, like an anonymous like twitter account i opened for yeah. a bit and that helped yeah. for a while like i did it for a bit but then i just i stopped i don't had, had enough of it because that's another thing because it's like you've got to like balance how much of this stuff you want to take on like because if you've yeah. been like it's it's an interesting one because there's like um there's there was there's one particular like very well known YouTuber who's like that's there's, that's his job and it's almost like really he's like he sort of depends on his you know his business model is dependent on the kind of like it's in keeping with the organization you know what I mean if the organization ends yeah. it's, so it's almost like it's like it's a weird one really because it's like really it should be about moving on moving on from it and there's not really enough about moving on and stopping yeah don't really want to be we, you know, taking, you know, imbibing all this stuff, like right. all these rebuttals and stuff all the time, because that's not going to do you any good. There's so, many, no, so much think, else you can do with your time. I think yeah. unlike when you're in the JWs and you have you spend, like you said, a lot of time being reminded why it's true. You go in four times a week or three times a week and they explain how it's the truth and this bit of the Bible and this, yeah. and they keep drumming into you why it's true. You, you don't, when, once you're out after a while, you maybe don't need to have it drummed into you constantly. No. You know, you, you want to be a bit free of it because you spent however many years being yeah. you know, sitting in a room listening to people talking about it. <laughs> and I feel like as well, like some activism is just the it's just almost like JW but the other side of the coin. Because JW like they uh, they say they offer you the answers to everything, right? And then the the other side of the coin with the activism, some activism is that this is the this is the answer why you've got all your problems. And this is, and I, mm. I just don't think that life is as simple as that. You can't, it's like, it's not good and it is damaging. And I'm not minimizing people who have had terrible, awful experiences. Mm. Mm. And that's also obviously not what I mean. Mm. But it's also the case that life isn't that simple. You can't just say, well, this, this is the reason why you've got all the problems that you've got now. Yeah. 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 I think that's what, one of the things that we try to, to, to do is, is to, talk about the 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 stuff you don't know and that you get wrong and that um yeah i i think as a as i've got older i've become more comfortable with saying do you know what i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know about or yeah it's really complicated and that is one of the things that i think um social media in particular has has really damaged us i think in that everybody has to be so certain about everything you know and i think well how can you be that certain? You know, um, I mean, psychology is a good example. I've studied psychology for like eight years. Um, I've got I've got two degrees in psychology, but the way that people talk about what you know, the the, the confidence with which people um, claim to know what's going on with psychology is astounding. <laughs> you know, how, and and you know, obviously, the, the people that make these comments often haven't really studied it, but they yeah. seem to know so much. 
and have uh, such uh, well-formed ideas about what's absolutely true. Um, I feel like the more you learn about it, the more you realise that actually we don't know very much. I'm really, I'm really comfortable with, with, with not knowing. I think doubt yeah. is like, doubt is like, I think that's really important. I think I just, I don't really, I just, you know, I'm not really sure. It's like, I'm happy to, I'm, I, yeah, I definitely, um, um, I'm suspicious of people who think that they know. Yeah, absolutely. Because you sure, think, yeah. I just think, well, you don't really know, do you? It's like, and, you, yeah. and, and, and like, I feel like Twitter is designed for that, isn't it? Because yeah. you write something nuanced on Twitter, no one cares. You write something, so, you write something, you know, like you make, you, you know, your colors to the mast on something. People get, yeah. that's what it's for. It's like, whenever I put something nuanced on there, no one cares. It's like, <laughs> but like, yeah. but sort of like, um, yeah, total information overload. We're not, we're not made to, to, to know about everything and to have an opinion on everything. It's like, well, that's how- right. I mean, everybody seemed to be armchair epidemiologist yeah. uh, epidemiologists um and then now everybody um they're all armchair generals yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah you know it's like it's like amazing how how people are so wise about all these yeah where did they get this where did they get this uh, knowledge from oh just to go back to what you're saying about commenting online i often mm. write well once sometimes i'll go to comment right and i'll write something mm. long and then i think what's the and then i'll I did this before because someone, one of my friends, some guy I knew on Facebook was talking about, um, was a bit of a COVID, um, I don't know, suspicious of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of did this big, long thing. And I thought, what's the point? And I just deleted it and I wrote a poem instead. I've done that many times. (laughs) I just wrote a poem instead. I was like, I'll write a poem. And at least then it's a poem. And at least I've I've got something out of it at the end because it's think, oh, what's the the point? No one's going to be, no one's going to have their mind changed by this and it's just a waste of my time yeah, so, yeah. at least i've got a poem out of it <laughs> yeah no, exactly. it's like a thing i mean two things that have been said to me by like um different people no one changes their mind in front of you and then mm. like the online version is no one changes their mind by you calling them a dickhead on facebook <laughs> you know so like Funny, after, you know yeah. funnily enough funny yeah. yeah yeah so i kind of bear those things in mm. mind so it's like yeah. if you feel like it's worth saying something I don't keep trying to hammer on until like hammer on until they've changed their mind in front of me. So I'm like that's probably gonna if that happens, it will happen in private. Um, then I'm just gonna like it's very rare that someone turns around and goes, "You know what? My political opinions have changed from this conversation." Thank you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how often does that happen? No, and I think as well, like um, when you figure something out for yourself, that's it, isn't it? There's like mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever. I've, I, you, everyone has to figure stuff out for themselves like yeah. this is the point you can't like wake people up like some people that like, extra witnesses talk about trying to wake other witnesses up and then it's almost like they've completely forgotten what it's like when you're in it's like you would never even engage with someone who's 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 out you think you you think you know they, they call them apostates for gonna sake. so it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna yeah you, you you're not gonna convince anyone of anything you got you might plant seeds and give hmm. seed of doubt just say things yeah um yeah. but yeah i i don't go around yeah. just hammering at people until they've like you know conceded to me <laughs> i think i think that's, i'm the winner uh, yeah, i'm exactly. the winner exactly well I you know take trying a, to win is tiring <laughs> take a leaf out of the jw's book you know they they um they just drop little 
They they chip, they keep coming round, don't they, and uh, dropping keep little things away. Them, you know, <laughs> and and when somebody um, is ready, they'll um, they, they ready in you know JW terms. They uh, they come along. So there's obviously there's obviously two sides of it here. There's a, there's an element of the person being in the right frame of mind to either get dragged into a, a, a group or a cult. Um, but I think the same is true the other way around. There's there's a time when people are in the right frame of mind to actually start engaging with some of these yeah. ideas, which is when, yes, I think like, you know, you said you looked at YouTube videos, you, you, you might listen to podcasts and stuff. So, so I think there is, there is value in having those things available, but yeah, just banging away, arguing with people online is, uh, I guess there's a chance that you might, you might get somewhere, but the amount of effort for the amount of um, return, I think is uh, is probably not worth it. And I know for me personally, um, it it's bad for me. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. I know that it, it damages my my mental health. I find it very stressful. stressful. So I I just know it's not an area that I want to want to engage in. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So, <clears throat> what's your plans then for the for the podcast? Uh, you're gonna. You're going to keep cracking on with it and um, keep getting so. guests? I think I'm going to just keep at it. Um, yeah. um, my thing is that yeah. I'm trying to, um, my, yeah, like I said before, it's hard to stick to things. So I'm just going to think, no, I can, I can keep doing it. I think because it's quite, um, it's not a lot massively time consuming. So it's like, and I've got, uh, the thing is I've got lots of poems. So like, I mean, I might end up running out. But like I think because I've been sort of sitting on them for like quite a few years, I've got quite a lot. So um, so I think I'll just keep doing it and um, uh, trying to get just trying to get people interested <clears throat> and trying to you know what it's like, you know it's mm. it's hard to kind of get to get people interested in what you're doing. So I, and it, mm. to be honest, that doesn't get me down too much. I just keep I just I use Instagram to kind of advertise what I'm doing, and then I just or and sometimes I stick on Twitter. And I'll keep keep talking about it, and I'll, I think I'll keep doing it. And it's been, yeah, I'll just I'll just keep at it. I think, um, yeah, excited, excited really to keep going with it. I think that's great. I mean, we, we say, don't we, Celine, that you know, we um, it is quite hard to to continue to grow your podcast, and it is it is um, a lot of work and a lot of hard work, and yeah, um, yeah you you sort of wish, oh, I wish you, I wish we could um, grow quicker. But then we say, well, actually, we really enjoy doing it, so let's do it because we enjoy doing it. And so, yeah, yeah that, that's the thing that keeps us going. Uh, and I guess it's the same with your poetry. You know, it's great. You enjoy doing it, and it's a way for you to express your art and, uh, and get it out there. Yeah, I think I'd still like – I still had the idea of, like, writing a show or something like that. And yeah. I think it's just about getting – I think I've just got to get out and just perform a bit more. I think I would like to – there's the idea of like possibly putting a show together or writing a book, but it's like, um, yeah, it's like those, those are ideas. But um, I think, yeah, I think I, I still want to, I think it's just, I want to keep, like I said before, just like um, treat it like it's important, yeah. you know, and then yeah. I, and keep at it. And mm. it's almost like it's a, like a document of like what I've done. It's like, it's, this is mm. done. It's a project. So like you look back and you think, Oh, I did yep. this, so it's just it's just a nice it's a nice feeling. So I think as long as I enjoy it, I'll keep I'll keep at it. I think. Brilliant. 
Well, Leon, it's been lovely to talk to you. Leon, it's great to have you on, actually, with the show with Celine, because um, when um, Celine knows this, because we talked about it on a podcast before, when uh, Celine was, uh, when my wife got pregnant, uh, we didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl, so we had two names in the bank. Right. Uh, one was Leon and one was Celine. <laughs> so uh, it's really lovely to have you both um, on the on the same show. Um, yeah, so uh, it's been really lovely talking to you. Your podcast is called A Hug from the Moon. Yeah. Uh, it's um, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. I guess it's on others. It's on Spotify. Yeah, it's like yeah. probably Spotify yeah. is probably the best place to find it, yeah. Um, so before you go, Leon, you've kindly agreed to do a reading of one of your poems. So we're very pleased and excited about that. And given that we've just been talking about an amnesty, which was the, the poem you were discussing, um, we thought that would be a good one to do. So um, over to you. Is anyone else sick of politics? Is anyone else sick to the back and front and false teeth of the festering swamp that belches and bubbles underneath? Sick of the culture wars, which the right blame on the left and the left do likewise. Who's right? Well, it depends on your tribe and what piece of state propaganda you choose to imbibe. Can I make a suggestion? Can we please have some kind of amnesty? Can we give up our weapons just for a week? Can we put a pause on fighting these culture wars? Can we do something truly unique? Of all the people I've met and liked and disliked, it's never been because of them being left or right. We've boiled everything down to the least interesting human aspect and used it as a rubric, a measuring stick, to judge others and extinguish our own shortcomings with. But not all lefties are nice and not all Tories are scum. We are better than these simplistic notions. That's point number one. Imagine if we just put all this shit aside just for a week. Imagine what we could achieve. If no arguing online occurred, would that disrupt the fabric of space and time? Where would all that anger go? God, there'd be murders, wouldn't you know? It's easy for you to say, I hear you cry, you're a straight male, cis white. Some of us wear our culture and identity, it brings a spotlight, we can't just put it aside. I know, I'm self-aware enough to know that, after all, I wrote this and that. I'm I'm not talking about cessation, I'm talking about a ceasefire. Even the forces in the trenches put aside their mandated ire, and they were in an actual war. Bombs, bayonets, bullets and boys in the blood. Christmas Day they put aside the flood. I think things have become too complex. We need more ambivalence, need more nuance, need more simplicity. Can we agree it's not good to hurt people freely, whether in word or in deed? Can we agree there's some things which transcend politics? Can we agree that the young have verve and gusto and enthusiasm, but also immaturity and a lack of understanding of how things generally go? Can we agree we shouldn't discount someone just because they're old? Can we agree that shit rolls downhill and inevitably it's a woman who eats it, though, Can we agree that sexism likely exists in the marrow of our bones? Can we agree calling masculinity toxic might not be such a good way to go? Can we agree that pornography is likely warping the minds of everyone who sees it and it'll always be so? Can we agree that women can take control of their own bodies and they should do so? Can we agree that to be trans, surely the toughest of roads and they need love, kindness, compassion and understanding, no? Can we agree it's not right to steal someone's livelihood and shame them? Can we agree that a person is bigger than the boxes that we choose to contain them? Can we agree that everyone is probably trying their best? Can we agree that the nuances of most complex arguments cannot be adequately expressed within the confines of 280 characters or less? Can we agree that a comedian's job is to be funny? Can we agree there's such a thing as having too much money? Can we agree that lefties are sometimes insufferably smug, 
can we agree that right-wingers care more about a fetus than they do about children in a boat on the channel capsizing and dying while China reaches? Washing up lifeless on a beach? What the hell? Surely this kid means more than a bundle of cells. Can we agree that things are better now than they used to be? Can we agree that it's a good idea to have a good, secured nuclear family? Can we agree that an amnesty would be good for a week for all humanity? Can we agree that most cultures were built upon the blood and backs of people of colour and that is just a fact? Can we agree that the media lives and breathes on the worst kind of news and tragedies? Can we please agree to turn off all social media for a week? Can we turn off all media, please? Let the green shoots of our best fruits start bursting through the roof. Let our youth have a day off from this never-ending anxiety loop. Let Twitter rot on the vine and Insta shit and face fuck too. Let's breathe in some air, make some eye contact and get back in touch with our best selves and start to care. This amnesty, mate, let's try it. What the hell? I'm starting now. Who's with me? Who's with me? should I think about is an evil sheep production.